Good morning, everyone, and um, thank you for joining us in our Thursday Connect group, uh, where we are studying the book Trustworthy by Lisa Turkers. Today we will um, we will um, read from the day one, King Saul, from page sixteen to page. 21. So I hope that you're doing well and um, you can join us now or later in the Facebook. So um, last week, what, uh, what we've, um, we see that uh, we are having like sometimes a wrong, um, wrong image of God. Hi, Barbara. And um, sometimes we imagine God is Santa Claus, or sometimes we imagine it as a bad teacher. So uh, with counting our mistakes, but God, hi Shanta, hi Barbara, it's good to see you. Today is my turn, let's say, to be your uh, like guest speaker. Uh, so, um, Sometimes we have this different image who God is, so it's different to trust um, to trust Him. And um, uh, studying today the King Saul, I just want to ask you, of course, without answering me now. Um, do you have like a bad pattern uh, which you repeat like each and every time? Like, for example, if you're a student, you are thinking every time I will study through my semester and before when exam come, you're not prepared well, so you need to study, study, study uh, more. So um, unfortunately, we see this pattern in the Bible as well. So God delivers Israelites like Jewish people. And after that, they praise him. And after that, they turn to um, uh, other gods who are not real gods. And um, they are um, like uh, forgetting that our God is the God who is worthy to be worshipped. And um, after that, they see that the gods are not answered. I mean, they're nothing. I mean, they're just false idols. And after they cry to God and God escapes them. And after this repeats and repeats and repeats every time. I mean, God um, delivered them and they forgot about him. And after that, they're crying and it's like a pattern. So at the end, they decided they want the king. I mean, an earthly king. So here it comes, Saul, Saul, for which we will speak about today. And um, like sometimes it's very easy we, to believe invisible things instead of invisible. And it's more um, like easy to build altars of our own effort instead of God Almighty. So um, I'll start to read um, from page 16 of our book, day one, page 16. And um, Shanta, is okay for you if I ask you after that to read a little bit? Okay, so I'll start to read. And Barbara, can you read after that also? 
Okay, no answer, but let's see. So I'll start like um, on paper, everything seems to make perfect sense. There, were an there was an opportunity I'd wanted for a long time in my best estimation. They seemed to line up perfectly with my ministry, my calling and my desires. The only problem was the deep down knowing it, was in, it wasn't my assignment. I asked God for this opportunity, but then I worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make sure I get it. This opportunity was the product, product of my trying really hard, not truly trusting God. And I felt the weight of my hustle. I was anxious, exhausted, and wasted down by an emotion I couldn't quite understand, dread. It was felt so right. It had seemed like such a good fit. It made perfect sense when I say yes. But the closer the due date came for this opportunity, the more regret I felt. Instead of running in the freedom of being assured that God had called me, to this, so he definitely led me through it. I felt like I was pushing a boulder uphill. Um, Shant, if you can read from here, there is a way till um, till um, till the end of the page. Sure. Would you? Thank you very much. Sure. There is a weight to our every want, and when God says no or not yet, it of, often, it's often because he can see what the weight of this want will do to us. Make no mistake, we will eventually realize what our choices outside of God's will will cost. Now buckle your seatbelts. We're about to get into some theology. Don't get overwhelmed, just lean in and take from this what is helpful to you. My goal is to make something complex simple. When we say God's will, we are fully acknowledging God's sovereign will. But we are dealing with will of command here. When we talk about God's will, the phraseology is layered with meaning. There's an obvious mystery that there that will never be fully understood by the human mind. Thank you very much. Um, Barbara, could you read some of the book? Or, I mean, I know that it's very, uh, okay, there is something in the chat. Uh, okay. Um, we are reading from page 16 to page 17, I mean, 16, 17, and 18, and 19, till 21. But um, after that, it's written, but for the sake of correctly defining what is meant by God, we'll in this study consider the definitions below. And um, there are like two definitions. God's sovereign will, when we talk about God's sovereign will, and there are some verses which uh, the author referenced, like Genesis 50, 20, Matthew 11, from 25 to 26, Acts 2, 23, Romans 9, 18 to 19, Ephesians 1, 11. 
we mean that regardless of the situation of circumstances, God's sovereignty is supreme and human history is under his authority. And after that, she said, because God is good, we can trust his sovereign will to be good. And this is from Romans 8, 28. And after that is first is God's sovereign will. And the other one is will of command. When we talk about God's will of command, Matthew 7, 21, Ephesians 5, 17, John 4, 34, we are talking about God's perspective. Uh, precepts of command he was made known to us primarily through his word so god has expectation for how humanity whom he created in his image is to live and act yet sadly humanity is prone to wonder and this is the repetitive story we see throughout scriptures what i mean i speak about in the beginning we see this pattern uh, unfortunately we can see in our life the same these bad patterns we are repeated but praise the lord there is jesus there is holy spirit so we have um there is a redemption uh, so um so there is something very important she said god's own will provides a foundation foundational security but his will of command offers only possibility god gives us a free will he offers us um, a possibility to choose or not to choose i mean he god is a gentleman so how do we tie these two together god is in control but he doesn't control our choices god has given responsibility to human who to choose him his way and his best i mean that is like um like not important this is like important important so um if we turn at page 18 um we I think I'm on now. Oh, right? good. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, thank you. So, could you read? I mean, we are at page 18. Right. Yeah. And um, it is like when we use the term God's will, till. Yeah. Let's take a look. I mean, also this. Let's take a look at how the tension between obedience. I mean, all the passages before the before the questions. Okay. Okay. When we use the term God's will in this study, we are primarily referring to God's will of command as it relates to the kings and the people of Israel. Like I said earlier, we will eventually realize what our choices outside of God's will cost us. And that moment of realization leads us right back to what God tried to tell us before we ever made those choices. There isn't ever a time when God has been wrong, not ever. And how gracious of God to be patient with us as we learn that lesson over and over. God is trustworthy. Our obedience to God's will of command is actually an indication of whether or not we trust him. Let's take a look at how the tension between obedience and trust played out with God's people and the first king to rule over them, Saul. Thank you very much. And um, if you, hi Salome, uh, and if you, um, 
sorry uh for like to understand better uh it's good to read i mean all the um first samuel like from 8 to 16 where it speak only about saul but the first question that we have is so certainly look the part of a king read for samuel 9 to and record his external qualities so in first samuel 9 it's written Kish had a son named Saul is handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel and he was a head taller than anyone else so we see that Saul was good looking very handsome and how many times in our life we could say if I was taller if I was thinner if I was prettier if I was um like younger say, younger yes i could have this or that but i mean we are not the only rejected so if we see a little bit earlier at chapter 8 verse 7 we see and the lord told him listen to all that people are saying to you it is not you that they have rejected they have rejected me as their king. I mean, people rejected even God. And if we see in the New Testament, in Matthew 9, 23, 25, there is the story when Jesus uh, healed this uh, the synagogue leader girl. And it's um, like in page, in verse 23, he said, when Jesus entered to synagogue, leader's house and so the noisy crowd and people playing pipes 24 he said go away the girl is not dead but asleep but they laughed at him so hi julia so um i mean people laughed at jesus i mean they mocked him but what he do, uh, what Jesus did, I mean, he didn't say, um, they'll laugh at me, I will not be able to heal this girl. I mean, he didn't doubt who he is and what he can done. So he go and heal the girl and go, I mean, go from the back door, um, maybe. So um, it's like I say every time is that sometimes we are identifying with our conditions or with our appearance or with um with things around us so we can say i'm the sick one i'm the rejected one i am the older one <laughs> so <laughs> i mean uh so it's very important we to know our identity in christ so um like um I am the child of God, I am blessed, I am not rejected because I am a head and not a tail. So I would love if it's coming um, in your mind, some of um, like characteristic of identity in Christ, like I am, like if you want, just you can share, I am who you are in Christ, like Shanta. Um, I am the child of the Most High. Good. Yes. So, Julia? I mean, it's like we are speaking. I am I asking you if you can, um, if it's coming to your mind, uh, like, who are you in, in Christ? Like, I am, like Shanta said, child of God. I am blessed. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am so if you're watching on Facebook, if you can type in the chat who you are in Christ, I mean, 
what is your identity in Christ is so okay I mean if you can of course uh, okay. or Barbara or Salome or Helen I mean if you can just share quickly if you're not it's okay I am Sarah. part of the royal priesthood good yeah man Barbara I am a daughter of God I am amen. his friend amen Julia do, it's coming something at your mind who are you in Christ I mean it, you are beautifully made and you're wonderfully yeah. made I'm a child of yes. God. amen so um just let don't for uh, no don't, don't forget every time who we are in Christ and even people are saying the opposite I mean we know that the Bible is true and the other thing which is important the same has the same important is that more we know god more we will trust him i mean when we have a, a friend in a real life when we have more time with uh with our friends um, more we know him and we can trust him so it's again important that um we have this relationship with god and um solomon do you have uh like uh, something to say who you are in christ okay she's maybe muted yes she's muted so i am a child of the most high god yes amen this is my solome is my uh source of wisdom sometimes when <laughs> i mean it's every time like when i have something i know that i have a friend which i can ask so i mean he's she's uh, he's one of um most uh wise person which i know and um so let's go back in so uh as i said um it's god is not looking at our appearance okay Saul was was good looking but at the end of chapter 16 it said that god regretted that he chose him as a king i mean there's not nothing with our physical appearance or who think uh, about what people are thinking who we are so there are some uh, some questions that I don't think that we can um, answer right now because I mean we need to read and think, and maybe we need I will write I write them in the chat of Facebook a little bit later. But it's um it's speaking about for Samuel ten seventeen and nineteen, and after that there is a comparison. Uh, with uh, some other chapters of the book and after that we have this in page 19 god wanted them that human kings would be harsh and would send them into battle sometimes we read examples in scriptures of god saying don't do this we only hear that god is being so restrictive and there is a question how might the example in the last question okay which was okay with oh but let's say do you uh let's paraphrase like this um do you have an example from the bible that initially felt too restrictive but you can now see as a protection i can say adam and eve the first thing, I mean, God said, don't touch, don't touch this tree. And I mean, they decide with the help of the snake that this is too restrictive. 
so this is a good question to be think about like or a lot i mean they said don't turn don't go back i mean don't turn back and he turned and that was the end so um sometimes we can think that god is too restrictive but actually god knew what will happen so he's just like it's not a restriction it's a protection and we as a parents know this very well when we say to our child don't do this or that and they think that we are very i mean i am the kind of mother unfortunately uh, but uh, sometimes this is a protection i mean it's not our um it's not only a restriction so i will um just um um okay so um in um in chapters 8 9 10 11 and 12 of first samuel we see that saul was changed god changed saul's heart i mean it's a, a lot of examples and i will read like Two of them. First uh, Samuel twelve twenty. It said, "Do not be afraid." Samuel replied, "You have uh, Saul's heart. I'm sorry. You have done all this evil. You do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart." And after that, in let me see in verse 24 it said but be sure to fear the lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart consider what great things he has done for you i mean god wants our heart he doesn't want our handsomeness he doesn't want our beauty he doesn't say keep your beauty or keep to be like as well as young or keep to be i don't know tall or slim or like okay all these things are important of course but god doesn't want our appearance he wants our our hearts and um and 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 uh so julia do you have the book do you have the book Okay, could you read at page 19 um, when is um is written where so is written? Just, just give me a moment. I need to yes, okay, okay. I need to yes. yes. Ask somebody ah, okay. else to read, please. Sorry. Okay. I need to <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Um who wants to read? It's like from I mean Solomon, do you have the book? I have it. Ah, okay. Yes. So could you read uh, where it's written? We have to be careful of yeah. viewing God's. Thank you. We have to be careful of viewing God's restrictions in our lives as God being unfair or cruel, because this can lead us to question God's goodness. However, when our perspective changes and we see God's restrictions as evidence of his protection, we see God's goodness and care. This truth brings us to a realization that his restrictions are truly a grace given to us. Thank you. So, yes, it's like uh, restrictions are of God are important uh, because that help us keep our hearts. I mean, um, keep us right with God and thanks that we have Jesus. 
uh, who help us and Holy Spirit who help us uh, doing this. But um, but yes, so um, and we see that it's easy to trust war, war, uh, Lord when we win, as so wins win uh, or um, like he said you'll be king and we can accept it easily but um, when we need to wait to stand still it's a kind of uh, a kind of hard so at page 20 we see this um, chart below which um, which um, I don't know if we have time to to, to read, um, maybe I will read the verses and I will read the, the, um, the, the above the, the headers. And after that, I mean, you can do it uh, after, after the Thursday connect. But um, obviously there, there is like we said, there is a pattern. There is a pattern, unfortunately, in our lives that we are repeating and it's only God who can, um, deliver us, I mean, who can save us. So I will read like for Samuel 12, 8 to 12. And it is 8, 12, 12, 12, 12. I'm sorry, 12. It is like, after Jacob entered Egypt, they cried to the Lord for help. And the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, so he told them into the hands of Sisera. I don't know if you pronounce this well. The commander of the army of Hazor and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, we have sinned. We have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the and the." I cannot pronounce this, uh, but now deliver us from the hands of our enemies and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jerubbabel, Barak, and Jephthah and Samuel, okay, the judges. <clears throat> and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety. But when you saw that, Nahash, king of the Ammonites, was moving against you. You said to me, now we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. I mean, um, unfortunately, they, the, 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 the God's people uh, exchange God best, as it's written also in the book, as page 29, they exchange God's best for the weight of their own choices. So um, before we go, um, Shenta, could you read the, from page 21? Um, from Saul had just won the battle the, uh, till um, plus as a result in addition to a bank. I mean, also the question, page 21, Saul had just won the battle and been confirmed king. You're muted. Sorry. Okay. Saul had just won a battle and been confirmed king, according to 1 Samuel 11, which should have been a time of celebration. But the prophet Samuel saw something that the people were slow to perceive. They exchanged God's best for the weight of their own choice. 
must I carry on? Yes, I mean, read the question and after okay. that, no, yeah, thank you. Okay, where have you exchanged God's best for something you wanted? And after and, that, as a, yes. Thank as you. a result, in addition to obeying God, they would also be held accountable for the choices of a king they would not be able to control. When this king went astray, the people would suffer. Thank you very much. So how many times we were Saul in our lives? Like there sometimes we are King Saul, unfortunately. So um, we can accept, um, as I say, like we can accept that we win when God says you will be like at this position or that position, but is we see i mean in first samuel 12 16 it is said now then stand still and see his great the great this great thing the lord is about to do before your eyes i mean he said stay still and after that um first samuel 10 8 what's uh what's uh, what's um Samuel said to Saul, go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you mean must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. And after that, so so, uh, so was waiting, 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 and the fear comes. I mean, God, uh, Samuel doesn't appear, didn't appear. And he start to have fears and anxiety. I mean, this is happens very often to us as well. So we are trusting, 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 trusting the Lord. And just before the end, we are like, where is God? So this is what happens in First um, Samuel 13, 8 to 15. So Salome, do you have um, a Bible in front of you? She's not, I mean, mm, ah. Diana, I don't have the, the, the Bible with me. Ah, okay. And so, I'm at the office, that's why. Ah, okay. okay. No, no, I'm just, um, so Barbara, do you have a Bible in front of you? Yes, I do. Could you read for us, please, for Samuel 13, 8 to 15? Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Give me one second. First yes, Samuel sure. 8. 13, 8 to 15. Okay. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash, then I said, 
the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, when fear and anxiety are coming, sometimes we are building altars of our own. Okay. So we start to taking the battle in our hands instead of leaving the battle um, to the Lord. And um, this is not a game changer. I mean, building this altar or um, do what's how done, did done. Uh, okay, this is not, um, this is not win our battles. Our game changer is God. Our helper is Holy Spirit. Our peace and our comfort is comforter is Jesus, and God wants our hearts. Actually, He said many times, and we see also in um, after that in I think in chapter sixteen that Samuel said, "I don't want." God doesn't want your burnt offerings. He wants your heart. And I want to read you a verse from 2 Chronicles 16, 9, when, where it said, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Okay, this is the first part of the verse. And after that, it's read, you have done a foolish thing. And from now on, you will be at war. Okay, so uh, God wants our hearts. And the, this chapter of the book um, finish as that because of Saul's disobedience, God found another king who was better than Saul to lead his people. The king was a man after God's own heart. For Samuel 13, 14, as we read like a few minutes ago. And this throne would be established forever. 2 Samuel 7, 16. So um, Saul was also, as you say, Saul was handsome when the battles. And he became a little bit self-consciousness. I mean, self-righteousness. In um, I think that is in... Um, um chapter 15 verse 12 where it's written that he set up a monument of his own and at the end of chapter 15 it was written the lord regretted that he had made Saul king of israel unfortunately so uh sometimes I was asking why David and not Saul, because we know that David made a lot of mistakes also. I mean, he was not a saint. Why um, Abel and not Cain? Why one instead of other? And sometimes, I mean, it is because God looks at our hearts. So God is searching our hearts. And God knows um, very well 
what we can do and what we cannot do. And uh, if we come with um, with a pure heart, if we come with uh, um, with a pure worship, and um, he knows that we cannot fulfill his law by ourselves, so that's why he sent Jesus as uh, a real and perfect sacrifice. And um, it is Jesus through whom we are asking forgiveness, and um, we have Jesus through whom we ask mercy. And um, what I want to share with you are like two verses in Psalms, and it is Psalm 27, 14, where it said, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And another one is, one so one is Psalms what? Please repeat the verse. 27, 14. 27, 14, wait for the Lord. Thank you. Welcome. And after another one is Psalms uh, 111, verse 7, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. Again, we have this, um, our book named Trustworthy. And um, I want you um, to, to tell you that um, remember that we are loved, okay? Remember that we are loved so much that um, Jesus came on earth to sacrifice himself for us. And um, we need to guard your, our hearts and um, we um, just need to establish our personal relationship uh, with Jesus. And remember that each one of you are the most beloved and loved discipleship of Jesus. I mean, Shanta, you're the most loved discipleship. And Julia, you're a most loved. And Thank you. Barbara, you are the most favorite and loved. And Solomon and Helen and all the others, you're Amen. the one. I mean, the love. So, Amen. Thank you. Amen. So, um, I um, just, as we spoke at our United Conference, we need to have this sonship, um, sonship uh, behavior and attitude and mindset that we are son of the living God and we can trust him 100%. And when we, he say, don't do this or wait or be still, he will not be in delay to come to like rescue us or to promote us or uh, to um, like to redeem us. So um, just, I think that, okay, we have like 20 minutes. So I want um, just to hear from you what the story of soul like speaks to you. I will start like from, from the first one, like, um, or if, Shanta, could you share with us what this story of Saul like teaches you? Like what you can take from from this? Um, okay, like you said, you know, Saul Saul was good looking, and and uh, his outward appearance was very good, and I think uh, that got to him. And pride got to him, and uh, 
and so we we should learn that god looks at our heart and because if we start looking at our outward appearance pride will uh enter us and and we will fall thank you julia do you have something to share with us i mean if you can of course about this have something to share with us like a highlight from the from the south story that we read today you have of course i mean or a question that can come comes to your mind i think even if it's still the story of soul i think we take the encouragement that god can use anyone what he's really looking at at the end of the day is that really whether we're willing to he can use anyone because man's standards are really not God's standards. I think that's what the story of Saul tells us all about. Um, I, I have to go back to the whole story of, of, of in the book of Samuel. I never got the chance to look at it, maybe to understand what made Saul fall at the end of the day and see how can we begin to, how can we begin to, I'd like to know how can we begin to avoid those people. I haven't read past Samuel again, I'd like to go back, but I want to take the encouragement out of that, you know, that really at the end of the day, God can use anyone, you know, Amen. even from the story of soul, that's what it still is about, you know, and I think that's really what, that's really what the power of God is, is, is really about, you know, you might not have the appearance that soul had, but God can still use, use you and he talks to everybody, you know, so I pray, I pray for, for, for myself, for us today, that really we have that kind of heart that, that can be used of God, you know, that's what, that's what I want, I want to avoid the pitfalls from, from, from soul, and if, if what Shanta said that it's pride, then God, please give me a humble heart, and give us all a humble heart, if what made soul fall was pride, then, you know, then how, and we're human, so we make those mistakes, but how can we have a humble heart, that's my prayer at the end of the day, please give me a humble heart, give us a humble heart, so that we don't make the same mistakes that soul made. Amen. Amen. Solomon, do you have something, I mean, to share with us? Yes, uh, I can say, um, like, for example, David was a man after God's heart. You know, that's what the Bible says about David. David, even though if he does so many wrong things, he was always uh, running back to God. Uh, you know, he, he knew that God has always have mercy on him. Uh, so, but Saul was, he wanted to do everything that he decided and he wanted to do. I believe even from Adam, Eve and all of the Bible characters that we, we, we know, God is after our heart. He is after our heart that if we come back to him, he will come back to us, no matter what we do, no matter what we, what, what kind of situations we are in, he is able to deliver us and to help us, to use us, as Julia said. Yeah, that's what I would like to say. Amen. So I think as Helen wrote, to me, God doesn't look at the physical things, money, appearance, etc., but he looks at the position of your heart. Mm. Helen, do you have something else to say to share with us? Or that, that was 
in the lab. So uh, Barbara, could you share with us? One? I think to kind of wrap it up or sum it up, I would say that like Saul, for us too, we have to remember that God is the one in control and that, but he does not control our choices. Amen. So we have to follow him like he should have followed after him. And there's consequences when you don't. So when you trust God, you know, he's in control and then we're under his will. Amen, amen, amen. And it, um, the, one of the questions that uh, we didn't read because I mean, those questions in this chapter there, I mean, we're supposed to think and a little bit to meditate over them to read, um, to read uh, almost all the chapters which are regarding to to Saul. So um, that's why I didn't read them, but later I will uh, try to paraphrase them in the Facebook chat. One of the question is, what was Saul afraid of? Uh, how do you think? What was Saul afraid of and how, I mean, after that it said, and how did this fear result in distrust of God? But what was so afraid of when he decided by himself not to wait Samuel but to build an altar and worshiping God? Actually, what I was, I mean, um, just before to give an opportunity to uh, to answer me is that like it seems that Saul did the right thing. I mean, he the, the burnt offering and uh, he worshiped God, but actually was not because he was not obeyed. God, I mean, God said, stay still. He doesn't say, I mean, do altar, burn offering. God said, stay still, wait for Samuel to come. So what was Saul afraid of? I mean, what do you think Sam, Saul was afraid of? I mean, for those who are either <clears throat> following us on Facebook, please type on the chat, what was Saul afraid of? off what do you think someone well if i could say i yes. think he was afraid of losing his position Amen. his yes. power yeah. yeah losing his position to david i think david was not coming but like losing his position as king like he's afraid of failure failure i mean he was afraid to fail sometimes we are afraid to fail because we are very self-righteousness like we are uh, very self um like we are very self-confident and sometimes we became even arrogant i mean i don't say that what a person not, must not be confident. We must have confidence, as I said, who we are in Christ, that we are capable to do his will, that we are capable to do these things, even that we are not, I mean, other people say we cannot. But I think that he was self-righteousness instead of God's righteousness. God, God's righteousness. And um, as I said, um, we need to align ourselves with what word said i mean it said we need to know who we are as like for example like i said um like um most of us we live in italy and we are foreigners here so it's a trouble okay i am a software developer so 
in Italy, this is a man world, okay? So there are few women that are working. So I'm twice stupid for them, you know? First, I'm a foreigner, and second, I'm a woman, okay? I'm a female. So, but this is not stops me to know who, I mean, who I am, what I could do, I mean, um, in this in this world, I mean, because I know who I am. I mean, even they say, sometimes like they neglected me or they try to say women cannot think, I mean, women think um, have another kind of thinking. Yes, maybe that's true, but I know, as I said, I know that I'm a head and not a tail. I, I know that I can do this because I know that all things are possible to Christ. So, um, I think that I want to finish a little bit earlier, like like five to ten minutes, because um, there are a lot of questions. Uh, all these questions you need. Mariana, just oh. a quick comment. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think you know what you say is really it's it's really good, you know, and and um, like the way you reflected it on on soul. Like I said, I'd, I'd have to go back um, to it. I think maybe what soul was most afraid about was really losing the battle. That, that was before him, you know, and he wanted to go out and do it anyway, irrespective of God. So in terms of, of, of what, what the, the sin was, then at the end of the day, not trusting God, then, then was seen in that particular circumstance. And, and the reminder that, I, I don't know if Saul was self-righteous, I don't think he ever had that self-righteousness, to be honest. When I think in terms of self-righteousness, I think of the story of maybe, um, there are others in the Bible who had that kind of self-righteousness. And I think maybe God can take you through that purification process, you know? And I think the whole concept of, of knowing God and understanding God, it, it doesn't matter where you start from at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, what he does is brings you everybody's needs, he meets them at whatever point they are, are at, you know? So your needs, soul's needs didn't have to be David's needs or they didn't have to be anyone else's needs. But all he needed to do was to trust God to meet that particular need. You know, Amen. instead of looking only at David's strengths and seeing that as a weakness, he could have entrusted his own weaknesses in terms of if he had the ability to reflect, he could have entrusted his own weaknesses into God's hands so that God could, 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 could grow him. So I'm beginning to understand from what, from this whole story that really lack of trust really is a really major issue. You might think that it's not an issue because if you trust God, he'll take you through it, you know, and it's difficult, you know, we're human at the end of the day, but if only soul had trusted, you know, and really what can I learn from soul, then, you know, just trust God. It doesn't yeah, matter what your exactly. weakness is at the end of the day, God will meet you at that particular point. And your weakness doesn't have to be somebody else's weakness. It's a God who knows everybody yes, made everybody amen. who can, who yeah. can change everyone. Yeah. Yes, amen, amen. Thank you, Julia, for sharing that. Yes, and also Saul has this pattern. I mean, he mistrusts the Lord more than one times. I mean, he did what he was thinking right to be done more than one times. I mean, first time God gives him a chance. I mean, this is good that we have Jesus because if we don't doesn't have Jesus, I mean, we are already failed and dead. And I mean, it's we are finished. And through Jesus, we have our righteousness. I mean, through Jesus, we have all this mercy. But uh, our hearts needs to belong to Jesus, and we need to trust Him as well. I mean, He's there. I mean 
we can repent he can forgive us all our sins and nobody can separate us from his love and but just we need to remember this every day and that's why i love those thursday connect group also because we are remembering i see all your now i don't see your beautiful faces but i know every one of you how it looks like so i just imagine like barbara and solomon how are they looking now now and i thank you especially uh, barbara because it's very early in the morning where she is and i want we have like 10 minutes i will finish after five i want um it's like a homework <laughs> for for this week so find a verse or verses or a psalm or whatever a chapter in the bible describing who you are who you are in god and pray with this for a week like for example ephesians 5 8 i am the light in the lord i love this i am the light in the lord I and mean, this is a part of the verse 8 and like I was thinking, I, when I was thinking about this, I decided I will pray with Psalms 1 and I will read it in, um, I think that we will finish like five minutes earlier. Psalm 1 said, blessed is the one who, doesn't not, uh, the, who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but but whose delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf doesn't not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. Amen. We are those kind of peoples. Whatever we do, we'll prosper and we'll be forever. Yeah. <laughs> Not so the wicked, they are like chaff and, um, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteousness. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteousness, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I mean, find a verse which says who you are. I mean, and just know that God is there for you i mean you are not we are not alone we have god we have each other so um just i will not ask, not ask myself anymore how many times i was saul how many times i was not trusting god i will say i will trust god with all my heart and i will praise him with all my heart and um i will um give him praise with all my heart so um i want to finish um barbara could you pray for us and i will close so um i mean we'll finish like five minutes earlier okay dear lord we come before you today because we love you we worship you we adore you we thank you for all that you have given us all that you are to us i thank you lord for this group of ladies even though we are in, in different parts of the world, different time zones, we can all come together because you are our Lord. You are in control mm -hmm. of us and we trust you. As the book says, trustworthy. And we are a group of trustworthy women Amen. after your heart, Lord. Amen. And we ask that you be with us this week and be with Pastor Rick and Jennifer. We Amen. love you, Lord. We ask all things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for being with me and to sharing your thoughts and your part of 
a part of your time, especially like Julia and Salome wish in uh, having a kid and need to take care for, I mean, not only themselves and um, they're working as well. And thank you, Helen, for your support. And thank you, Shanta and Barbara, to being part of this study. Thank you very much, ladies. See you next time. Bye. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.